Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. With me, I have Kristen Guile and Cindy Kuzma. Hey, Gina. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. And Cindy, this week you had a very marathon-focused interview, but really one that's applicable to everyone. You spoke with Denise, right? I did. We had the chance to go back to Hotel Moxie and do a live podcast with Denise Soriel, who is a marathoner, coach extraordinaire. She's the author of a new book called Me, You, and 26.2, and she's also a Sweat Life ambassador. She ran her 100th marathon in Chicago this past month, and she was a joy to talk with. You know, I was doing a lot of work around Marathon Weekend um, for for Sweat Life or Runner's World and other places, and I kept running into Denise, and she was just overflowing with happiness and emotion and just a real joy in her own accomplishments and the joy of the accomplishments of all the runners she was coaching. She specializes in coaching first-timers, and it's really incredible the way she takes satisfaction from seeing them get to the other side of that finish line for the first time. And it's really fun to listen to Denise talk about how she takes runners and even herself from doing one kind of scary thing into doing one really scary thing. Can you talk a little bit about that, Cindy? Yes. And one thing to know about Denise, too, is she kind of has her own language. Uh, So she talks about things uh, being or she talks about being skited about things, which is a combination of scared and excited. And that really, she says, is where we grow the most when we do things like that. She talks a lot in this podcast, and I think this will resonate with a lot of us, about this idea of cumulative courage, that doing one thing that scares you just a little bit and realizing that you can do it can take you to your next goal. And this kind of feeds back and forth between fitness and life, right? Like people who start to train for a marathon and start to realize they can do it, accomplish it, and then that courage adds up and they're able to take on another challenge in their life that maybe they didn't think they could before they started running more. And that just hearing again her talk about how that's worked in her own life and the lives of some of her runners was really powerful. And Cindy, I was there at uh, the hotel Moxie when you recorded this live podcast. And one of the things that I was so impressed uh, that Denise shared and opened up about was sort of a traumatic event in her life that has sort of motivated her changes uh, stemming from that. So can you tell us a little bit about what Denise went through. Yes, she actually had two pretty um, traumatic events that seemed to both clarify her goals for her and also motivated her to move toward them. Um, One was um, she was hit by a car on the way to the start line of the New York City Half Marathon years ago. And she had always been a runner before then, but one really focused on her time goals. And that... um, kind of transformed her whole outlook on running and life in a way that she'll explain more on the podcast. Another was the death of someone very close to her, her cousin. And she will talk again more about this, um, about how she kind of realized when that happened that, you know, tomorrow and, and even today is no longer a guarantee. And that encouraged her to take something that she had been kind of doing on the side and turn it into really more of a full time pursuit in a way that you can tell just fills her with joy and fulfillment and enables her to give that gift to others too. So it's, I think, just an incredible, incredible story of how she was able to take those moments that were really difficult and and turn them into inspiration to change her life for the better and so many others too. 
Yeah, Denise truly is such an inspiration. We've seen her inspire our community here in Chicago, and we can't wait to see even more people get inspired by her story and her book. Here is Cindy with Denise. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not afraid. This is Cindy Kuzma, and I am here on the We Got Goals podcast with Coach Denise Soriel. She is a marathoner extraordinaire, a coach at Run for Change. She has written a new book called Me, You, and 26.2. She's about to run her 100th marathon here in Chicago this weekend, and she is also an asweatlife.com ambassador. Uh, Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Cindy. So it's race week, and like I said, you're about to run your 100th marathon. How are you feeling? I am feeling every emotion, just like you do during a marathon. I am so excited for my runners. I am also so reflective of what what the marathon has done for me since that first one in 1994 to my 100th on Sunday. Um, reflective, so grateful. I think I'm going to take water pills the night before so I don't cry so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that Don't so take much. my advice on that one, people. <laughs> so like you mentioned, since 1994 and till now, you've done 100, this will be your 100th marathon. And so that means you do a few every year. Um, and I know that probably means you have a different goal each time or that you're not always setting a goal of running your fastest, right? Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that? what kind of goal you set for this race and how you determine what your goal is for each race. So when I first started marathoning, one, I didn't think I could even complete one. I didn't even think that word would be in my vocabulary. And after I did my first one, like most of us, we, we um, exhale and say, that wasn't so bad. I think I wanna get faster. I gotta do that again. And I um, ended up getting faster and faster and faster. So at that time, when I, after that first one, I would, do, um, I would do Chicago in the fall and then Boston. So I would only race two a year. And then um, I started traveling to do marathons. I can't remember the first one I did out of the country, but that kind of planted the seed that uh, it's the best way to see another city slash country is on your feet. And probably the, once I started coaching, I um, run with some of my clients, my cleanse clients that become friends. And so the last few years, I think I've done maybe 10 or 11 a year. And so every, the old me before my accident, I would race. I would race every marathon. I was all about the destination. And now every blue moon, I will race a marathon just because I feel like I, I'm seeing my clients push through their workouts and their races when they want to quit and I feel I felt like a hypocrite if I just like talk to them take pictures of them run around them to distract them and I never push myself I just I didn't feel right so every now and then I push myself but most of the time I'm out there for the journey and to have fun and take it all in high five those little kids get the Swedish fish thank the volunteers and I think you have a goal. Uh, you're running with a megaphone this weekend, right? I am because I, I actually have a megaphone at my workouts too for my runners. But I have about 190 runners running on Sunday. Then I know I have a bunch of friends out there, and I have a bunch of new friends I'm going to meet. So it's every year the marathon comes along. It's it's more and it's more fun than my birthday and Christmas as a little kid. 
So I'm, I'm just going to bring it up a level. That's awesome. Well, that's uh, kind of a, your your one-day goal for this weekend. Um, uh, but I thought then we could roll into kind of our big question on We Got Goals, which is uh, what is one goal that you've achieved in the past? Why was it important to you? And how did you get there? Yeah, so I have been thinking about this a lot. And the goal that I recently achieved, and I'm really not done with it, it's more I found the courage to do it. And it's not even a financial goal or an achievement goal it's more a goal that has filled my soul i just so i left my 26 year career to become a full-time running coach and through this i've been coaching for about five years part-time um, so i've been coaching about seven years and i just through that first finish line in chicago to other things that i did that I was guided about, I didn't think I could do, I was scared and excited. It was like um, a cumulative, it was like cumulative courage that I was able to draw on when I decorporated two, over two years ago. And what I found is, um, oh, my life is so rich in non-monetary ways. Um, I found a new definition of success. Think about when you were little and you would wake up and you would do whatever you wanted to do. And it's like you were playing all day. Now, I, I mean, what I do in figuring out, um, um, figuring this out, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, but the thing is when I get overwhelmed or I'm stuck on which route I should take, I don't stay there, but the feedback and the, the connection I'm making with people that were once strangers and seeing them do things that they didn't think they could do or seeing them finally believe in themselves like I believe in them, that counteracts when I'm overwhelmed. So, yeah, so, and I'm not done yet. I don't know if that makes sense, but again, going back to that first marathon, um, it led me to do an iron, two Ironmans and I'm still afraid of open water. That led me to uh, take improv class, classes because I wasn't very good at public speaking then. It led me to jump out of a plane, I'm afraid of heights. And so like I said, it was like cumulative courage building up that I, um, I drew on that on June 3rd, 2016 to do something that most people would not do. You decorporated. <laughs> it's amazing. I love that word so much. I love all of your Denise-isms. Um, and that idea of cumulative courage, that's that's huge. And I know that that's something that you kind of talk to your first-time marathoners about, right? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's why I want to share, um, that's why I wrote the book, and that's why I want to share running with everyone. But even if you're not a runner, or even if you don't want to do a marathon, even just do things you don't think you can do it will transform you on the other side and it's when we are really showing up in our lives. So when you started thinking about this idea of decorporating and, and when you kind of set these goals along the way, I mean, how did you kind of know when the time was right and which goal was right? You know, it's uh, the courage is one thing, but kind of the plan is, is a different part, right? Well, I, um, again, I, I was coaching part-time and I would see clients before work. I started a running program at work girls who runch, I would see clients after work. 
And I would be so high. I was on the other runner's high. And again, the feedback I would get from my clients and being along on their journey, doing things they didn't think they could do, um, it just filled my soul. So it was partly that. And then it was um, August, uh, October 2015, I lost my cousin David, who was uh, 48 at the time. He was crazy active, just like, just like me. And he was uh, working out his gym. He left the gym and had a heart attack and passed away. And when that happened, it was the first time in my life I realized today is not a guarantee. Like it sunk into me. Like I didn't just hear it. I I um, I woke up. So that, and then um, again, thinking about other things I did, I didn't think I could. I gave myself chills thinking about the other things I had done in my life that I doubt about and I got through them. I drew on those three things and then I also felt like my, the, my I, I guess my, my heart or my soul was telling me I have to do this. I, I would regret if I didn't do it. And I actually was with my therapist at the time and I was getting ready to go back to grad school and getting my second degree. And prior, I just, I've had a huge transition where um, I used to be all about achievements to define myself in, um, yeah, in my racing and my career and degrees. And, and then, um, I'll be honest, I hit a rock bottom. And because of that rock bottom, I, um, I was so low that I crawled out and found myself through this therapist. So fast forward, I'm sitting with my therapist, school is about to start, I'm stressing, and she's like, Denise, what is gonna make you happy? And she goes, pretend like there's a whiteboard right here. And I said, well, I just wanna help more people. I wanna share running with everyone. And she goes, what does getting another degree have to do with that? And I said, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go into the arena. <laughs> and school was starting um, the following week and the next day, oh, she said uh, getting that degree is like having to go to Florida and going to California to get there. So the next day I emailed um, Northwestern and dropped out of the program and I texted my therapist and I said, I canceled my trip to California. And then fast forward um, about six weeks later, I gave my notice. And then I text her. I said I booked my trip to Florida, and I'm I'm telling you, like I, I am living a life I had never dreamed before. And again, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, but I know where to go when I get overwhelmed, and I know I don't let the doubt stay there very long. And and I also I also know that failing. I don't even like the word. The only I feel like failing is when you don't try. So. I, I'm just gonna keep figuring things out, but I, a lot of times, I have to correct myself when I run into somebody during the week, because it's almost like every day is Friday for me. I go, wait, because I want to say, have a good weekend, and I have to correct myself, because it's not Friday for everyone. <laughs> right, right. That's incredible. I love that image of booking the trip to yeah. California to go to Florida. How, like, what a way to conceptualize what you're talking about. Because, yeah, you can have the things that make you happy. Um, and and that just, like, helps clarify the direction to get there, right? Um, that's huge. And I never realized it was, that's why I dedicated my book to her, one of the people. But I never realized it was everything I needed was inside of me. 
And I also just thought of this reflection too, when we were little, there was that nursery rhyme, the cheese stands alone or that game. And I, I go, that's, that's how, you know, that's how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be alone um, without anything else and just full. Yeah. I'm so late to the game all the time, but at least I got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like some people never figure it out. So it's, I think yeah. we're, you're right on track. And I mean, did you think about the fact too that you left your job after 26 years, which is also like kind of a significant number in I the know, marathoning I, world? <laughs> somebody had pointed that out to me and um, I really should look at the first month I started my yeah. career to see if it was 26 years and two months. Yeah, that would be something, <laughs> wouldn't Holy it? universe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned, you know, your cousin, who I'm so sorry for his passing, and and your your other struggles, and and your car accident too. So what I, is fascinating to me about your story as well is that you had these flashpoints in your life, these moments that your goals were both kind of clarified and and you were like motivated to to make that change. And I wondered if you could just talk about that a little bit. And then I wonder if you see that in your runners too. Um, you know, when people make this decision to to set out for a new big goal, like running a marathon, is it sometimes something like that that makes them make that decision? A lot of times, my first timers, they're at a point where I feel like they want to give something back to themselves and, you know, they're set in their career, um, they've finished school, and they just need a, mm, <laughs> I don't know how to spell it, but, but in there, there are also, I love that, I mean, any race, you see people out there doing something nobody told them to do, um, and it's gonna hurt at a certain point. And they're gonna have to dig deep and dig, dig deep in a way they don't have to in their normal life, in their normal everyday life. Um, but I see, I see them get even when they maybe, even when they run like their first 14 miler or they run their fastest mile that season, like they just. I know it, um, it waters that seed that, like my first marathon, it turned me, I can't into what else can I do? And again, that's what I wanna share with people. <laughs> and also I want people to know, um, I didn't like the one mile time trial in gym class either. And running is not like that at all, unless you want it to be. <laughs> running can be fun. <laughs> it is fun. I think so too, but we were talking about this before. I saw that there was just a study that like what happened in gym class like yeah. determines how active you are for the rest of your life, which is so sad because a lot of us did have not so good experiences yeah. in gym and, class. And I know you've met um, other people that discovered, rediscovered running mm -hmm. later in life and they love it, but they hated it growing up, either the, the one mile time trial or the sport that they did, running was a punishment. And I'm always so excited. Mm -hmm. So when you do meet someone, and maybe you'll, you know, we're the weekend, uh, the week before the Chicago Marathon here, so you might see people who are running this weekend, who are cheering this weekend, who see you run, and who are thinking maybe I could do that next year, but I'm not sure. What do you tell them? Oh, of course I tell them. Anytime I go to a race expo, I see volunteers, or even um, like the cashier at Walgreens, because there's just like so much buzz in here, good energy, and I'm always like, we'll see you next year. You got a whole year to train. But I always tell people, I think um, just like I was, I thought the marathon was only for fast people. That's why it was never in my vocabulary. And I tell people, it's just like taking a class. You get a syllabus, you do your homework, the race day is the final, and you can get a D and you are still a marathoner. 
and a lot of people get overwhelmed I can understand because they think of 0 to 26.2 but you can have a 20 week semester you can have a year semester and I, I promise that finish line will change you you will be not even at the fin at the start line you will be a different person than when you hit submit on the race website what are some of the changes that you see in people especially your first timers um well like one girl stephanie she uh we our last long run we of course finished running to a donut shop and we're all sitting down and i had all my many timers because oh, people are, I'm sure they're sick of me and all my like Denise-isms and I had my many timers go around and share um, advice for my first timers. And the one girl Stephanie, she goes, Denise, okay now, just calm down. But if I do another, I was so excited because she had really only started running this year in like April or May. I see, I see at least from my eyes, I see confidence light up inside of them. Just like for me, when I did that marathon, it was the first time I did something where there was a lot of doubt that no one else was telling me to do. I mean, of course, in, in college all the time, you know, I had to get this assignment or pass this test and I had doubt, but a teacher's telling me to take the test. But the marathon, no one was telling me to do it. And I feel like that's why it's, um, it's, uh, it ignites us so much on the inside. Mm -hmm. Plus the fact that it's not easy. And again, we gotta call on something that we normally don't call on in our everyday life. We have to dig deeper, we have to fight. I think we talked about this before, it's kind of like um, a controlled discomfort where there's, there's um, transformation on the other side. I know you have some really good advice in your book um, too <laughs> that people should should check out because it's a fantastic guide to your first race or your 50th race or your 100th race. But how do you help people? What are some of the techniques that you advise people to use when they're in that the middle of that discomfort to get through oh, it? Oh, I have lots of little Denise-isms. Um, one of the main things is I tell people even when um, when they first sign up and they're freaked out, rightfully so, they're skyded. I just tell them to draw on other things that they've done in their life that um, they wanted so bad, and again, they may have had doubt, or really difficult situations that they got through when they may have wanted to run the other way. Just draw on the courage and strength they used then. I also tell, recommend, you know, dedicate a mile to um, someone in your circle. Um, and then the one thing I do is um, this thing called the gratitude alphabet where I name people and experiences from my life that I'm grateful for and the why. And if I forget someone, I start over. Um, if I get stuck on a letter, st I start over. And I just feel like, um, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I feel like our mind can't be in a state of angst and gratitude at the same time. Yeah, you just, you just gotta change. I, you know, I have a lot of runners and I used to be like that too, I would quit I would quit before I even got to the start line, like, oh, I'm not gonna get this time, or or I can't believe the weather, and I got chills again. It's like, it takes just as much energy to say, I'm gonna have the best race ever. Um, my legs are gonna listen to my mind. And the other thing I also, I want my runners, and even the runners I don't know, is if you don't get the race you want, um, don't be so hard on yourself. 
I think the problem is we um, compare ourselves to the 1% around us instead of the 99% who don't even try. And the other thing is, you think about your training. You're gonna have good runs and bad runs. Just like life, we have good days and bad days. And if you don't have a great race, it does not define you. There's always another race. I have a spreadsheet, there's the internet, I will find you a race. But as long as, and this is my litmus test for me, because Denise 1.0, if I didn't hit a PR, I would beat myself up. Um, I just, I was, would be disappointed in myself instead of like, holy shnikes, I did a marathon. But my litmus test is, and I try and tell, get my runners to follow this, um, is that as long as you're pushing yourself past the point you want to quit, what else, where else are you going to dig? If you're digging so deep, uh, where, where else are you going to, like, be, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. No, you did a wonderful job. And I, we might have talked about this before, but it reminds me of an idea that um, Ambie Burfoot, who's another running writer, has written about called Adaptive uh, Excellence, where you're judging like yourself by what the conditions in, in that day has brought you. Like Because he's he won the Boston Marathon 50 years ago, and now he's a lot slower. So if he always compared himself to the guy who won the Boston Marathon, he'd be pretty unhappy all the time. But he has to adjust for his age, for the weather, for whatever, and, and no that that feeling of accomplishment can be just the same if you just adjust your goals to to match your what's what you're capable of. I think that's that's perfect, and I, I think you explain it so well in your book too. Um, you talk a lot about all these things, but tell us a little bit more about what else is in the book. What else can people find in this comprehensive guide? I feel like my my book is a little different, not just because I wrote it. But um, the cover, the cover is a collage of 26 first timers that I've coached, and then I have 26 miles worth of um, Denisisms, tips, tricks, and Denisisms, and four aid stations. And so each of those miles starts with one of the first timer stories, like what made them sign up, what would they tell someone who didn't think they could do it, what's one word to describe your first marathon, and then it jumps right into. Um, like I have a chapter that's about the importance of recovery and different recovery methods. Well, it will kick off with a spectator sign. Um, like for that chapter, there's a spectator holding a sign that says, you thought they said wrong. And then it goes right into my, um, into my tips from running marathons for 25 years. And one of my girlfriends, Kelly, she's, she's not a marathoner, she's not a runner, and she read it and, and she said, it's like you're talking to me. Because I was really worried that it, if it wasn't an audible, my energy wouldn't come out. But I, I've heard it has. So, yeah. <laughs> and it, of course, it has a training plan, too. But I, I have the, like the human, um, the human inspiration stories, all these tips and tricks and Denise hacks. And hopefully, like I said, a lot of my, my oomph and inspiration comes out through the book. I would argue that it does, for sure. And it is, I do love that about it, that it's that combination of inspiration, or run-spiration, as you might say, and a practical information to help you, too. That's, it's so great. So in, that, in the book, I know you talk about this, too, and we kind of talked about your goals for the race this weekend, but how do you coach your runners, especially first-timers, about setting a goal for their very first race? Yeah, so um, I tell my runners, you know, as best you can, try not to focus on the clock time because you can never recreate your first marathon. You can never recreate your first anything. 
So take it, in, take it in as much as you can, and then you have, you have a gazillion other marathons to race. And sometimes you have that goal of like experiences per hour, right? Yes, so it's different goals. Yes. I love that one so much. Yeah, like, you, and plus, thank those volunteers. They are out there longer than we are. They're up at like three in the morning setting up the tables and the, the start finish line. High five those little kids. Stop and take a picture with your family and friends. Um, yeah, you just, you have lots of other marathons because I know, I feel like only 10% of the first, of the one and doneers are truly one and doneers, and 90% of us keep doing this. I think I'd, I'd be interested to see the official statistics, <laughs> but I think you may be about right. Yeah, I've been you would know. Since '94, I've been on the lakefront running since '98, and it's just my little gauge. Mm-hmm. It's not an AC Nielsen. Fact <laughs> <laughs> okay, check you later. Well, you mentioned that you know you're you're kind of still ongoing in your goals with Run for Change with your company. Um, but you know, our other big question on We Got Goals is what a goal you have for the future is and how you plan to get there. So I don't know if it's that or if there's something else you'd name. Well, just like my clients, they have um, personal goals too, and they do things they're skyed about. So you know, I'm still. Um, morphing and learning about growing my business and um, I just finished the book which was outside of my comfort zone and so my next big goal I just feel like I I'm always um, I'm always hungry to find things that are gonna push me outside of my comfort zone because I know the reward and the transformation is on the other side and and that's part of our human experience so Uh, I don't know that I will ever say no to my own status quo. So fast forward, my next big goal is, again, I mentioned I'm afraid of heights. So I just signed up to do the Mount Everest Base Camp Marathon with my girlfriend, Michelle. And yes, I'm very afraid of heights. And I'm actually making it the ultra marathon. There's a marathon and an ultra. And next, next year, I'll finish all seven continents running a marathon. So I said, I might as well start doing an ultra on everything. But I am deathly afraid of heights, so I feel like I need to go skydiving every month and then also go to the ledge a couple times a week to get over my fear. And also change the station in my head because it is all, you know, it is all our thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's so you have like exposure therapy planned. I like that at a time. Exposure therapy, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. So people who are here with us live at the Hotel Moxie tonight can buy a book uh, right afterward. Um, But where else can people find you and buy your book and keep tabs on what you're doing and maybe hire you to coach them next year? (laughs) So um, you can, anyone can find me at my office, uh, the Lakefront Running Path. (laughs) I'm here all the time. And then also my my website is run-for-change.com. And this weekend I will actually be at the... um, the Chicago Marathon Expo at McCormick Place on Friday and Saturday. You can find me at the Girls on the Run um, booth. It's one of, um, I was one of the co-founders of the Chicago chapter, so they're very special to me. Wonderful. Well, Denise, can't wait to see you on the trail and everywhere else. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. Hey, goal getters. Cindy Kuzma here, just popping back in to let you know that we are about to share a goal from one of you, our listeners. 
This particular goal was recorded the same night as our live podcast at the Hotel Moxie, but you don't have to come to one of our live events to be featured on a future episode of the show. All you have to do is record a voice memo on your phone or computer and email it to me at cindy at sweatlife.com. Just tell us a big goal you have for the future, how you plan to get there, a goal you've crushed in the past and how you did it, or your best goal-getting tip. Now, here is one of your goals. Lisa from Chicago, from the southwest suburbs of Chicago, thank you so much for uh, hopping into the booth. We appreciate it. So, Lisa, um, tell us about a big goal you have for the future and how you plan to get there. All right. So, my goal for the future is to run a half marathon in all um, of the United States, all of the states. Um, I think it would be a cool way to kind of travel the country and just also run and see kind of different areas and maybe hopefully bring some of my friends along with me. Oh, that sounds really fun. So how are you going to go about making that happen? I mean, do you have like your site set on specific races? you have like spreadsheets? Um, not that intense yet. Um, kind of a new goal for me. So um, I'd probably start with states around Illinois, just easier to get to and things like that to cross off my list first um, and then kind of plan west coast, east coast, kind of thing to see um, what the different states have to offer. Yeah, I think, you know, Denise and I were talking a little bit earlier, it's like one, one of the best ways to see a place is to run in it and then to run a race is probably an even cooler way right. to experience a place, right? You know, 13 miles of a place that you wouldn't go to just kind of walking, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's an incredible goal. And how will you kind of, do you think you'll do them like once a month or like how do you plan to like space them out? Uh, so far I've thought for maybe three a year. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of an extended goal and just see how many states I get. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your goal with us. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Yeah. This podcast is a sweatlife.com production. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or review while you're there, we would be so grateful. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guests this week, Denise Soriel, to Kathy Lai for editing, Tech Nexus for the recording studio, and of course, to you, our listeners. <laughs>